Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. We're going to share a message today. And what I want to talk about is serving. I want to talk about serving our King, serving our God, serving people and serving His church. And what I think today is going to be, it's obviously God's going to do something. It's going to be a spiritual message, but I'm hoping it can challenge us. I'm hoping that we can all be challenged to take the next step in our faith, the next step in our journey with God, and as we talk about serving. And the, 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 the point I want to come across from is not from a, hey, everybody join a team. Everybody join the car park team, which I think is so important that we do do that. It's not a sign up Sunday type thing where there's a brochure on your seat. Make sure you sign up for a team. I want us to get a spirit inside of our hearts of what it means to serve our God. Because our God has done so much for us. Our God has done so many things for us. One of our mandates as Christians and as we give back to Him is to serve our God. I know in the book of Romans chapter 1, 1, the Apostle Paul, you would say one of the greatest preachers, leaders, teachers, whatever you want to call it, he describes himself as a bond servant of Christ. A bond servant. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, he opens up his letter. He's writing to a church. He needs to kind of set the scene. He says, Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ. And I kind of want to touch on this topic. What does it mean to be a bond servant? To be honest, it's got nothing to do with James Bond. Because I'm pretty sure that was 1900 years or so after Paul wrote this letter. But Paul understood what it meant to serve God. What it meant to serve his king who had done so much for him. And so this word bondservant, we come around and we read it. And I'm kind of warming to the idea of what it means. Paul is saying that I'm bound to serve God. I'm almost a captive to serving my king. In other words, that yes, I've got choices and I can serve God if I want, but I can also choose not to serve God. But because of the spirit I've caught, the love I have for my God, everything He's done for me, I'm just bound to serve Him. I have to serve Him. I just love Him so much. And I'm so encouraged by that. I would hate for us as a church or as a people to have a consumer mentality. Because the truth is God is going to bless you. God is going to give to you. God is going to pour out a blessing into your life. That's what our God does. As soon as we enter a relationship with Jesus, He wants to bless us. He wants to give to us. He wants to pour into our life. But I tell you what, that's not the end of the relationship. As much as God gives to us, it's our duty to give back to Him. And not to have this consumer mentality that even when we come to church or when we go to work or or when we're, we're just doing life, that we're just receiving from God, but that we're also giving back because of what He's done. I want to challenge us today. I want to challenge all of us together as a church, as a family, as a body, not to live in a consumer mentality, but to be a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I want to open up in John chapter 13. And it's a story where Jesus is washing His disciples' feet. A lot of you may have read this story. Maybe you're hearing this for the first time. I'm going to read it out. But there's so many good things in this story that I want to talk about. And so we're going to start in John chapter 13, starting in verse 4. It says, Jesus rose from supper. He laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, 
are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know this after. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him and said, if if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Moving down to verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's. For I have given you an example. Everybody say example. That you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than him, than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And I love this because there's this moment here where Peter doesn't fully understand what's going on. He's like, Jesus, but you're our King. You're the Saviour. You're doing all these great things. Why are you washing our feet? That's a little bit beneath you. Is this making sense? And he kind of says, Jesus, don't wash my feet. (laughs) You're not worthy to wash my feet. You shouldn't be washing my feet. But you see, this was a point where Jesus was knowing he was about to die. And he was going to leave a legacy with his disciples that they needed to carry with them. And so after all the great things Jesus had done, all the powerful miracles, all the sermons He'd preached to the thousands, He got down on His knees and began to serve one another. He began to serve people and He said, this is the example that I am leaving you. Run with it. I love it that Paul, he just gets it. I'm a bond servant. I'm here to serve people. I'm here to serve God. I'm just bound by serving. God has done so much for me. I just want to serve my God. See, at this point, Peter doesn't get it. Peter's still growing and Peter's still learning. But what I love about Paul and Peter is that Peter is pre-cross, Paul is post-cross. Does that make sense? Peter's spending time with Jesus before he went to the cross. But when we see Paul writing and Paul describing Jesus, it was after he died and he rose again. And the point I want to make is that when you get a revelation and an understanding of what Jesus has actually done for you, you're bound to serve Him. You have no other option but to want to serve your King. See, Peter was struggling to understand because Jesus hadn't yet died for him, hadn't risen on the cross, hadn't done all these great things to him, yet Paul was walking in all of that. He knew that he was washed clean in the blood of Jesus, that Jesus had freed him from his sin, freed him from his past, Given him a plan and a purpose, poured out blessing upon blessing over his life, anointed him, giving, giving him a call of God. Bringing him to, to our context, he blessed his finances, giving, him, giving you a great career, giving you purpose, giving you freedom from, from anxiety, giving you all these kind of things. See, Paul was bound to serve Jesus because they had a revelation of what God had done for him. And so as we leave here today, I want to encourage us to be bond servants. If we can just get a full revelation of what Jesus has done, a full gripping of the knowledge of that, my, my, my Saviour died for me. He, he was a king. <laughs> All of heaven listens to him. All of earth will bow down to him. Yet he got down and he said, just serve people. <laughs> just serve one another. That's the spirit we need to catch today. And I'm encouraged because there's a lot of people in this room that have got that spirit. 
There's a lot of people on that journey, but if we can catch the spirit of being a bond servant of Jesus Christ, I promise your life will be blessed and you will go from strength to strength in Jesus' name. Cool, this is a challenging message because we're all kind of taking stock. Where am I at? Am I halfway there? Am I fully there? Do I need to get a little bit better? Or do I need to maybe just get a grip of, of what Jesus has fully done for me? And when I first got saved 10 years ago, I had no idea, not a lot really, uh, sorry, not, not a whole lot, heap of an idea of what Jesus had done for me. But as soon as I got saved, as soon as He set me free, a little bit about my story, I was lost. I was 16 years old. I didn't have a plan, didn't have a purpose, was just going through the motions of life. But when I found, I came into a place like this, when I found hope in God, my life changed. And I was just so excited. I was just so grateful. I was just so thankful for what Jesus had done for me. I just began to serve. I didn't fully understand no why, but I just had this spirit inside my heart. I just wanted to give back to Him. Because all I could do was receive His free gift of salvation and serve Him. So you can't earn salvation. Jesus did everything for us. He died on the cross. He rose again. He took away our pain and suffering. He took away our sin. He wiped our slate clean so that when God looks at us, He just sees perfection. He did so much for me that all I could do was give back. So to be honest, I just did what I could. I just joined, joined some teams because I wanted to serve my King. And I was slowly, as a 16-year-old, starting to grasp this spirit of what it means to be a bond servant. I wanted to serve. I was excited. It was a good environment, but I was just bound to serve. <laughs> I just had to do something to give back to my God because of everything that He had done for me. At one point, I was on the lights team, kids team, and the host team at the same time. Yeah. To the point where every team leader was getting a little bit frustrated with me because they couldn't roster me on. <laughs> And so I kind of learned, all right, maybe just do one, maybe two things really well. But the point is I had this spirit of I just want to serve my God. I just had this spirit, I just want to serve my King. I'm no hero, there are plenty of people doing this, but what I always am checking myself to make sure I've got that servant heart. And when I can start to get a bit complacent with church, with God, with the good things that He's pouring into my life and I can get a bit uh, lacklustre about what God has done. I just have to remember, look how much He did for me. So much He did for me. I'll never want to lose that spirit of I want to serve my King, of being a born servant. Is this good? The truth is that Jesus set you free so that you could serve others. Because saved people serve people. I'll say it again. Saved people serve people. Galatians 5, 13, it says, For you, brother... Or for you, sister, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love to serve one another. In other words, Jesus died on a cross to set you free. Free from the things going on in life and, and free from your past and, and so that you could spend eternity with Him. But He didn't just do it for you. He took the shackles off your hands so that you could serve other people. It says, you have not been free just to be free. You have been free to help free others. Amen. It's like having the cure to some kind of illness and then keeping it to yourself. You've received the cure. You've been healed. You've been set free, then keeping it to yourself. Wow. Matt, if you received the cure or to an illness, you'd be sharing it with the whole world. You'd be telling people about it. You'd be helping people. And it's the same thing with salvation and freedom. God has set us free so we can help others. God has given us a plan and a purpose so that we can help others. God has given us gifts in our life so that we can help others. 
We have the cure to hope. We have the cure to freedom, the cure to happiness, the cure to purpose. But I tell you what, I don't want to keep it locked up inside. I want to let it out because my God has set me free to be a bond servant. <laughs> my God has set me free to be a bond servant. It's a little bit of an oxymoron. It almost sounds like a contradiction, but He has set us free <laughs> to be a bond servant of Him, bound to serve our King through freedom. You know, the, the question is, how do we become more like Christ? A lot of people are searching for the answer. A lot of people want to know. Day by day, I just want to be more like Jesus. Day by day, I just want to grow my character. Day by day, I just want to become more like Jesus. Because that's a great thing. The more and more you become like Jesus, I believe the greater you become. The better friend you can be, the better, the, the better partner you, you can be, the better boss you can be, the better leader you can be. More and more like Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 20, starting at verse 25, Jesus tells us what He's all about. Verse 25 says this, But Jesus called them together and said, He said, You know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must first be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others and to give His life as a ransom for many. Truth is, we become most like Christ when we just serve one another. And Jesus paints His picture as the world puts greatness on a pedestal. Greatness comes from having authority and having leadership and having control and having dominion over people and having a say. But Jesus puts it right up next to each other and He said, that's not the truth. Greatness comes from when we serve one another. Greatness comes from humility. Greatness comes from getting down on their knees and washing somebody's feet. See, this point, the disciples are trying to figure out, they ask Jesus the question, who is the greatest amongst us? In other words, who is the most spiritual? <laughs> Who's going to do the, the greatest? Who's going to get to heaven and have the most reward? Who's God going to be most pleased with? And they think it's all about the power and the authority and the leadership opportunities and the this, that and the other. But Jesus just says, even I came to serve. <laughs> and although that I have all authority, this is Jesus, although I have all dominion, although I have all the power in the world, greatness comes from when we just serve one another. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those of us. You can give God some praise. Amen. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says this, God has given you, given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. It says, God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Oh, this is going to be awesome. God's going to pour out spiritual gifts. It's going to be so supernatural. Miracles are going to be done. All these great things. I'm going to preach. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do all these great things. And then He just boils it down. You know why you've been given a spiritual gift? just to help people, just to serve one another, just to be a blessing to other people. Every gift that God has given you is to serve someone else. In one way, shape or another, because this is the whole spirit behind our God. As He shows us time and time again what it means to be great, 
what it means to follow Him, what it means to be more and more like Him every day is just to serve people. So He washes feet. He gets up in the middle of dinner, pretty inconvenient time if you ask me, (laughs) but at times it's going to be inconvenient to serve people. It's going to be inconvenient to serve God. It's going to be an inconvenient. He takes off His gown, which is a, a symbol of righteousness, a king, takes it off. He says, I'm not a king. In this moment, I want you to grasp the fact that I'm not a king, I'm a servant. He is a king, but he's also our servant. He is a lion, but he's also the lamb. He, he girds a cloth around himself and he starts to wash people's feet. So come on. Is there anybody, don't come just yet. I, I think I'm a, I do my best. I think I'm a servant-hearted person. I think I want to honour my king. I think I, I've caught this spirit. I think I'm getting there, but I think I'm, you know, I'm close. So I'm going to wash people's feet. It's what my saviour did. It's good enough for me. So come on, let's do this. Pastor Tim Garusso wants his feet washed. I ain't going near those feet, brother. <laughs> but I tell you what, it's a little bit weird if I got down and started washing people's feet, right? Like, come on, guys, line up, take your sneakers off. I'm going to get washing. I think in the modern day, you'd rather me wash your car than your feet. <laughs> but I tell you how you wash people's feet these days? You make them a coffee. You park their car, you shake their hand, you care for their kids. And so when you get this spirit, Jesus is not telling you to start a feet washing business, foot salon. Let's not over-spiritualise what it looks to serve. God has given you a gift, now serve people. And so our teams here at Life Ash should be full to the brim because we have bond servants all over the place. We have bond servants all over the place. People that just get how much Jesus did for them can't help but wash people's feet. I just want to be more like Jesus. I just want to serve. Unfortunately, we don't have a feet washing team, but we have a car park team. Cafe team, we have a kids ministry team, we have a worship team, we have teams all over the place. And you know, the only thing these teams are designed to do is to serve people. To help people come into a place like this and receive freedom. Help people come into a place like this and find hope. How people come into a place like this and be able to experience worship, the presence of God, encounter Him. Matthew 16 verse 8 says this. This is our passion that Jesus is about His church. Because there are many ways we can serve God. We can serve Him at work. We can serve Him in the community. But the church, the house of God is so important to Jesus. He loves it. Matthew Chapter 16, verse 8, he says, On this rock I will build my church. I want to read it. And also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. It says, And the gates of Hades, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus loves his church. He's building his church. He's growing his church. He loves it. 
time time and time again in the Scriptures, He refers to His church, you and me, this place, us together, as His bride, (laughs) His beautiful bride that He's coming back for, that He died for. What about in Ephesians 5.25? Let's get this one up. It's a little bit of marriage counselling in it as well, but let's focus on the second part. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church as He gave Himself for her. Jesus died for His church. Jesus loves His church. Jesus is building His church. Jesus is coming back for His church. A lot of His attention, if not all, is about His church. He's so passionate about it. He died for it. He rose again for it. He gave you and me gifts so that we could build it. And the church is in the four walls. The church is in the lights, camera, action. The church is you and me. Wherever we meet, we're the church. Wherever two or three people gather, that's where the church is. But I tell you what, every single Sunday, three times in Melbourne, two at North, one at East, one in Poznan, we run a church service. And I say, what the things that God does when His people gather together is next level. But it only happens because people have got a revelation of what it's like to be a bond servant. <laughs> they just want to serve their God. They just want to see the church of Jesus be built and for it to keep growing and growing and growing. Is this making sense? Are we starting to get, it, get this today? People have been baptised. How amazing is that? Eternities are being transformed. And I love that we can do two different things because we're doing things like community pantry, which is just helping people that are struggling to feed their family. I'd say that's, that's a bond servant type thing, wouldn't you? I remember I was talking to Joanne. She's part of our church, Joanne and Peter, and they came and dropped off, to be honest, a lot of goods for community pantry. And I just looked at them and said, why do you do this? And they just said, because I, I want to serve people. <laughs> they just said, I just want to help people. And I was astonished about how amazing, how much they had given, because even if they just brought a little, it would have been fantastic, but how much they had brought, but they just understood, hey, I just want to serve people. I'm bound to serve people. Jesus has done so much for me that I would love to serve people. So many stories about people receiving freedom. Pastor Tim last Sunday morning preached an incredible message about freedom. Yeah, come on, give him a shout out. But in this place, in the house of God, people found freedom. Freedom from darkness, freedom from evil, freedom from their past, freedom, freedom, freedom. But it would not happen if people weren't serving, people weren't building, people weren't going for Jesus. I love what God is doing in this place. And and God is doing great things in the streets. He's doing great things all over the world and, and He's doing great things in life groups. But here on a Sunday... It's incredible what God is doing every single week. And it's because of people like you that serve. People like you that understand that we are a big part of the body of Christ and what we do makes an impact into people's lives. Every Sunday, we're just washing feet. <laughs> Whether you're making coffees or, or serving up in kids' world or doing what you need to do. And imagine if every single person just served God. Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. 
I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.